thank you for that reading. Uh, <clears throat> it is a pleasure being here this morning. I want to thank Nate for inviting me uh, to come and preach uh, from the book of Obadiah. Obadiah is a book that uh, very few people read. <laughs> we just read a whole book of Obadiah in a few minutes. Many Christians have never heard a sermon from Obadiah because uh, the book of Obadiah talks about judgment, about the justice of God. And sometimes people don't like to hear about the justice of God or the judgment of God. But the justice of God is a reality. I am a great fan of uh, Star Trek. Uh, I like uh, to see the stories of uh, Captain Kirk and Spock. And I remember when uh, I was in college, many years ago, every Sunday, uh, my wife and I would uh, take time to watch uh, Star Trek. I remember one episode of Star Trek was called The Alternative Factor and was aired on March 30, 1967. It is a story of two men, both of them called Lazarus. And uh, it is also the story of an, an alternative uh, universe. Uh, in the episode, when uh, the Enterprise came to a planet, uh, anomaly happened and uh, affected the whole ship, the Enterprise. It also affected uh, many other parts of the galaxy. And when uh, they began to study the anomaly, they went down to the planet and they found a man who was badly hurt in a small spaceship there by the man. Captain Kirk brought the man to the Enterprise, and uh, they realized that this man uh, probably was uh, very hurt, and uh, they could not understand who he was or what he was doing. And then the anomaly happened again, and then they came to find another man, Lazarus. So there were two Lazarus, one who was a good Lazarus, the one one was a bad Lazarus. And when uh, Kirk and Spock began to evaluate what had happened, they discovered that uh, these two Lazarus belonged to two different universes. Uh, one Lazarus was a good Lazarus, a good man. The other one was an angry man. And uh, when uh, the Captain Kirk asked Spock to tell him what was happening. And Spa concluded that uh, there were two different men, one good and one bad, and that there were two universes, their universe and a parallel universe. And Spa concluded that uh, one man was good and one bad. And he said, what we have in here is a plus and a minus, matter and antimatter. And he said, when these two 
uh, persons meet matter and antimatter, then our, our universe will disappear. So the solution is we have to stop them. So Kirk went down to the planet, and uh, while the bad Lazarus was trying to go through the gateway to the other universe, by accident, Kirk went to the parallel universe. And he met the good Lazarus. And the good Lazarus told him, look, that man is angry and he wants to destroy our universe. The only way we can uh, stop him is by meeting in this gateway that unites both universes and stop him. So Kirk came back and by force, he forced the bad Lazarus to go into the gateway to meet the good Lazarus. And then uh, Kirk went back to the Enterprise and destroyed the small spaceship. And at the end of the episode, we have uh, Captain Kirk saying uh, to Spock, what a tragedy, because now they're gonna be fighting one another in this situation for all eternity. One man full of hate against one who's trying to stop him. You know, the book of Obadiah is a book about uh, two individuals, a book that in reality reflects uh, the struggle between two nations. Uh, Obadiah is the shortest book of the Old Testament but one that uh, many people read and may not understand what they are reading about because uh, they do not understand uh, the historical background that provoked uh, the prophet to speak that message. The name of Adiah uh, in Hebrew means the servant of the Lord. Uh, the, the word also in Hebrew can mean one who worships God. Now, for us to understand the book, we have to understand the time when the book was written. Now, scholars differ on the date of the book, but most scholars believe that the book of Obadiah was written probably just after the destruction of Jerusalem in 587 BC. If you remember, your history by reading the book of Kings, you know that uh, the people of Judah went into exile because of their sins and rebellion against God. Now the book of Obadiah is an oracle of judgment against the Edomites. The people of Edom were judged because of their inhumanity against uh, the people of Israel a people who had also been judged by God. The Edomites were judged because of the cruelty that uh, they committed against the people of Israel at a time when they were taken into exile into Babylon. Now the people of Israel, they were judged because they rebelled against God, they sinned against God, they worshiped uh, many other gods and they abandoned God. So what we find in the book of Obadiah 
is a story about uh, two nations. Uh, Jacob is Israel, and Esau is Edom. And these uh, two individuals, two nations, they have fought against each other from its beginning. Now the problem uh, that uh, existed between Israel and Edom uh, existed uh, because what God had done in his sovereignty. God chose Jacob, but he did not choose Esau. Now here is a verse in the book of Malachi that many people read but do not really understand the concept behind the word that we find there. The prophet Malachi said, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but I have hated Esau. Now the word love and hate does not mean what uh, sometimes we understand by love and hate. How can God hate Esau? The, the word of love and hate is the word of covenant. It means that God chose Jacob, but he did not choose. Uh, uh, God chose Jacob, but did not choose Esau. And out of that, out of that selection by God, uh, began the enmity, the fight between the two nations. And the whole thing began when Rebekah, uh, the mother of Jacob and Esau, uh, became pregnant. The Bible says that when Rebekah became pregnant, the children were fighting within her womb. So she went to the temple to find out why the children were fighting inside her. There at the temple, she received an oracle, uh, an explanation what was happening. And the oracle that was given to Rebecca said, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Now, this goes contrary to all the traditions that existed in the ancient Near East. Generally, the elder son would receive the blessing from the father. But in God's sovereignty, God chose to continue the, the promise that he gave to Abraham, not through Esau, but through Jacob. So Rebekah was aware that in the end, it was Jacob who would receive the blessing. And I'm quite sure, even though the Bible does not, does not say, I'm quite sure that Rebecca told Jacob what God had told her. Because throughout Jacob's life, Rebecca tries to help God to fulfill that promise. For instance, uh, <clears throat> The Bible says that uh, Jacob stole Esau's birthright. Now, the birthright was important because it would give uh, 
Esau the right to receive the blessing from his father Isaac. But why did that Jacob steal the birthright from Esau? Probably because Rebekah told him that he needed the birthright that belonged to his brother in order to receive the blessing that Isaac eventually would give uh, to his son. And then as uh, Isaac grew old, uh, he was uh, about to die. He wanted to bless Esau. And uh, Rebekah devised a plan to give the blessing that belonged to Esau to give the blessing to Jacob. So Jacob came in, deceived Isaac, and received the blessing. And when uh, Esau uh, heard that his father had blessed uh, his, his brother, Esau said, I will kill my brother. And from then on, the struggle between uh, Jacob and, and uh, Esau, between Israel and Edom, became a reality. A reality that lasted for many, many years. The Bible says that uh, 800 years later, uh, the prophet Amos mentioned about the struggle and the fight between the two brothers. Uh, Amos said, Thus says the Lord, for the transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because he pursued his brother with a sword and cast off all pity. He maintained his anger perpetually and kept his wrath forever. Like the two Lazarus, fighting eternally, forever, uh, in that uh, gateway between the two uh, parallel universes. So when we look at the text in Amos, we see that uh, Esau, Edom, maintained his anger perpetually and kept his wrath forever. And that struggle lasts for a long time. The Edomites eventually were conquered by the Babylonians, and the remainder of the people were called by the Greeks Indomians. Now, King Herod was an Indomian, and he killed all of the children in Jerusalem at the time of Christ. The Bible says that Edom today is Jordan, where many Palestinians live. And the Palestinians still are at war, angry at Israel because of the land. So something that happened 3,000 years ago continues today, and it is reflected uh, in the book of uh, uh, Obadiah. Now, when we talk about uh, the treachery of Edom, we have to begin as we read in the book of Obadiah, with what happened when Jerusalem was destroyed. In 587, the Babylonians entered Jerusalem and they besieged the city. And uh, the siege was so strong and lasted for so many months 
that uh, many people were hungry and mothers had to kill their own children and use them as food. It was at that time that uh, Edom joined the Babylonians to make the life of the people of Israel harsher. This is what uh, Edom did during the fall of Jerusalem. Look in verse 11. On the day that you stood aside, on that day, that stranger carried off his wealth, the wealth of Jerusalem, and foreigners entered his gate and cast lot for Jerusalem. You too, you too, the Edomites, were like one of them. So the Edomites made uh, the situation of the people of Israel worse by joining the Babylonians in destroying uh, the, uh, the people of Jerusalem. This is why God makes an indictment against the people of Edom. Look what God says. But you should not have gloated over your brother on the day of his misfortune. You should not have rejoiced over the people of Judah on the day of their ruin. You should not have boasted on the day of distress. So the, the people who, uh, of Edom, who were brothers to Israel, instead of helping them, they made fun of their distress, of their problems. They joined the Babylonians. In addition, they tried to help the Babylonians in preventing the escape uh, of the people. Look how the Bible says about the cruelty of the Edomites. You should not have stood at the crossing to cut off his fugitives. You should not have uh, handed over his survivors on the day of distress. Now, the people of Judah were trying to escape, but uh, the Edomites came in, captured them, and deliver them to the Babylonians. So what uh, the book of Obadiah speaks about is about uh, the day of the Lord, the day when the Lord will come to bring justice uh, and uh, judgment upon those people who mistreated the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Now, in Israel, the day of the Lord was considered the day when God would come and bring judgment upon the nations for mistreating the people of God. It was also the day when God would judge all of the nations. Uh, so the book of Obadiah says that Yahweh, God, the Lord, is coming to bring judgment upon the people who helped the Babylonians when the people of uh, Jerusalem tried to escape the, the siege and when uh, the people were deported uh, to Babylon. Now, the day of the Lord can be summarized in verse 15. Uh, God said, as you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return upon your head. Now, in a sense, what God is doing, God is uh, judging the Edomites in the same way that uh, the Edomites 
judged or treated the people of Judah. Because uh, throughout the book, uh, Obadiah talks about uh, the destruction, the humiliation of the Edomites. And if you read the book again, you see that over and over again, uh, the prophet talks about uh, how the people of uh, Edom would be destroyed. The most interesting passage is that we find uh, in verse 3, because uh, uh, God says to the Edomites, your proud heart has deceived you, you that live in the clefts of the rock, whose dwelling is in the heights. You say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? Now the reference in verse 3 is the reference to the remnant of the Edomites after the destruction by the Babylonians. The Bible says that uh, the Edomians, they moved southeast uh, of uh, uh, Palestine and they established a city in what is called Petra today. And if you go to Petra, if you're ever able to visit Petra, you find that the only way to come to Petra is going through a canyon that is very narrow, and there are two mountains, and anybody could uh, defend the city because uh, the canyon was so narrow that uh, no army, no soldier could come in and invade the city of Petra. And they believed that nobody would be able to bring them down from the cleft of the rock. It is interesting that even today, when you, you visit Petra, you find that people lived uh, in houses built inside the mountain. And uh, there is a restaurant. When my wife and I went to Petra, we went to this restaurant that's inside the mountain and they offer uh, Jordanian food. Well, they said, who will bring us down from there? The Lord said, from there, I will bring you down, says the Lord. Well, see, when the Romans came to fight against the Indomians, they, the Indomians believed that the Romans would come through the canyon. Well, the Romans came from the other side. They went through the mountain, came down through the mountain, and behind the, the Edomians, they conquered the city and destroyed the people. That was the judgment that the book of Obadiah was predicting. You see, the book of Obadiah is all judgment, but the book ends with a message of hope. The message of hope is that in the last day, the kingdom shall be the Lord. The Lord, our God, is a God of justice, a God who eventually brings justice to those who deserve. And what we learn from Obadiah is that uh, eventually, when the Lord comes, the Lord will judge those who are right and those who are wrong. Today, for us, the day of the Lord is the day that we call the second coming of the Lord. Now, many people don't believe that when God, Jesus Christ, comes again, that he will judge the nations and the people. 
There is a movement that uh, exists today among many Christians that is called universalism. They believe that in the end, everybody will be saved. They don't believe that God will bring justice to people. But yet, we find in the book of Obadiah, and we find that throughout the gospel, that in the end, God will judge uh, the good and the evil. Everyone will give an account to God for what they have done. The Edomites did, and so, so shall we. Also, we find that uh, the book of Badiah teaches about uh, divine justice. After Jerusalem was destroyed, after the temple was burned, and after a large number of people were deported to Babylon, the people of Judah asked, where is God in all of this? Many people doubted the power of God to save. So Obadiah comes and provides an answer to people who doubted the power of God to save. Obadiah said that uh, God has come to punish the people who participated in the destruction of Jerusalem and in the mistreatment of the people of God. Today, many Christians are being persecuted everywhere. Just to give you one example, in 1950, the population of Bethlehem was 86% Christian. Uh, I was, uh, had the privilege to, to go to Bethlehem. And uh, when you go there, you find, when I went, you, I found uh, a lot of people who were Christians. Uh, they were Arabs and Christians at the same time. And there were merchants who were Christian, people who truly loved the Lord. But over the years, the persecution against Christians has been so extensive that in 2016, the population, the Christian population of Bethlehem was only 12%. There are hundreds and thousands of Christians who have been persecuted by people who do not believe in God, people who like the Edomites, want to destroy the people of God. How do we know that God is still alive and that God is going to bring justice upon those who are destroying the people of God? Obadiah says that it may take a long time, but God is a God of justice. And that one day, when God comes to set up his kingdom, the kingdom of God will be a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom where the peace of God will be present everywhere. Although the book of Abadiah is negative because it talks about judgment, in the end we know that the kingdom of God will prevail. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Father, 
we are indeed grateful because we know that in a world where evil seems to be prevailing, we know that the grace of God is greater than the evil that we see in our world. Although people cannot see the hand of God at work in the world today, this world belongs to you. And we know that Jesus Christ is present in every situation. He is concerned about his own people. And in the end, we know that God's justice will be manifested and the hope that we find in Jesus Christ when he comes again to redeem his people will be realized and the kingdom of God shall be established upon the earth. So Lord, until that day, help us to be strong. Help us to believe that you are a God of love, a God of mercy, but also a God of justice. As we prepare our hearts for that day, we pray the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.